Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we are able to be together to start this day in prayer. Today is Saturday, and we are now in ordinary time. This week we are just getting started on our slow reading of the Gospel of Mark. We just have turned the corner uh, today into the beginning of chapter 2. Mark is the gospel that's assigned for this particular liturgical year, so from now until November, it will be the primary gospel we read and worship each Sunday. If you have any insights, uh, any questions, anything that strikes you uh, as we read through uh, the gospel and as we pray together each morning, please feel free to send me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from Mark, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Stand up. Take your mat and go home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The word of the Lord. 
What a tremendous display of determination, friendship, and faith. Unable to get through the crowd around Jesus, four people lower the paralyzed friend through a hole in a roof so that Jesus can heal him. Of course, Jesus does heal the paralyzed man. And if the story stopped there, it would be amazing. But something else happens that makes the story even more remarkable. Jesus tells the paralyzed man that his sins are forgiven. And when the scribes overhear him declare the man forgiven of his sins, the scribes are offended. Blasphemy, they think. Only God can forgive sins. So he started out, so what started out as an amazing display of the meeting of faith and God's desire and power to heal what is broken now becomes a dispute about where the limits of Jesus' authority rest. Now, why do you think that Jesus chooses to heal this man in this strange way? I wonder. Maybe, maybe the paralyzed man had a particularly troubled conscience. Perhaps he had been led to believe or was beginning to believe that this condition was a punishment for some sin that he committed. It might have even been some learned people, such as a scribe or some other kind of authority, maybe a Pharisee, maybe somebody who was learned, who had led him to believe this when people asked, why did this terrible thing happen to him? Maybe it was some combination of all of these. If these guesses are anything close to the case, then it would make sense that hearing the forgiveness of your sins announced to you would be vitally important. It would be vitally important for this man to hear and to believe that his sins were forgiven and his health restored then as a sign of that forgiveness. Then it would be absolutely essential to remove this man's sin as a way of opening up the possibility for wholeness, healing, and for his well-being. Since Jesus has been given that authority, it would also make sense that he would exercise it in this case. But maybe there's something else at work here, or maybe something in addition to that or over the top of it. We're still very early in this story about Jesus, but one thing that we're starting to see emerging is the connection between the coming of God's kingdom and the announcement of the forgiveness of sins. Way back from John the Baptist, the idea was to turn around, to repent, uh, to receive a baptism for the forgiveness of sins because God's kingdom was entering into this world. The one who was coming after John was coming into this world. That one is Jesus. And what was being forgiven were not just the sins of this or that individual preparing to meet the Lord, but in the coming of Jesus himself or the coming of the Lord's anointed one, the sins of the whole world were to be taken away. The sin that has kept us separated from God and paralyzed by its power. That God is forgiving the sins of the world is part of the good news that Jesus is proclaiming. That the time of forgiveness and release has come, the time when God would remember God's people and rescue them and set them free. So when he heals and when he casts out demons, it is really all about God's grace, steadfast love, faithfulness to God's people and God's mercy. About overlooking or taking away their sins, even better, removing their sins altogether. Jesus makes it clear that this man's healing is part of the healing of the whole world by forgiving him his sins. It's a healing not just of diseases, but from the ugly consequences of evil accidents, from the ugly consequences of sin that infect us all. 
It would be one thing for Jesus to heal, and that would be enough. But now, even now, Jesus absolves the man of his sins, and in that grace he also finds healing. And that is the promise we find in Christ, and trust in Christ for, that in our absolution we will find our healing, and the healing of the whole world, all nestled together in the love of God for us. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the rain that waters the earth and brings fruit to life for our nourishment for the new creation in Christ, and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, especially the forgiveness of all of our sins through Jesus' death and resurrection for us, for the gift of relationships with others, and for the ability to forgive and love each other, for the communion of faith we share within your holy church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God, a might renew this weary world, Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all. In Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray with those who are sick or afflicted, with those who are grieving. We pray for those who care for the sick and tend to the dying. We pray for those who comfort the bereaved and set free the afflicted. We pray, Lord, today for those who are governing the nations of the world, that they might do so according to your mercy and your justice. We pray for people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare that you would work peace and and turn weapons of warfare into weapons for the common good. For all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, and for help and care and attention for those who are in the way uh, of, of wildfires storms, hurricanes, and disasters. We pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, that it may be faithful to you, and that it may be our witness in all it says and all it does to your love, to your forgiveness, and to the presence of your kingdom. 
For what else or for who else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.